good morning. I screwed up the order of commercials and such. Usually they all play, and then the headline comes, and then I do the show. I put the commercials after the headline. Well, here I am. It is the early morning show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. It's Adam Crowley with you. Get after me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley and via the phones at 412-928-9370. I am on one today. I've got all the lights turned off in the studio. Don't check the video online because I'm lying about that. How about Aaron Rodgers? What a boob. He says he's going to contemplate his future as an NFL quarterback. Where does he want to go? Does he want to keep playing? Is Green Bay the place for him? By spending four days in total darkness. Was this like a Batman origin story? You think the darkness is your ally? I was born in the darkness. It's ridiculous. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers coming up in a little bit. I think that guy is just the freaking worst. But we start right here. Max Starks, Super Bowl Radio Row, which always cracks me up. Andrew Filipponi doing a great job out there for us, a 93.7 The Fan at Radio Row. But it's just a car wash, right? It's just a whole bunch of people selling products, going table to table. And if you're good at interviewing the way that Pony and Muller are, you can get the most out of guys. But I'll flip on a national show like Mike friggin' Greenberg on ESPN, and he'll spend five minutes talking to James Jones about some product that he's selling, air fresheners, whatever, and it's just garbage. But credit to Pony and Muller for cutting through all the BS, having Max Starks on. Max Starks was a Pittsburgh Steeler, obviously, an offensive lineman. He was injured in Super Bowl 45 or injured prior to Super Bowl 45 and unable to play. Why did the Steelers stop running the ball, though, in Super Bowl 45? Why was the game plan in Max Starks' mind so flawed? Max, why do you guys think you didn't just hammer the run in that game if their nose tackle was such a liability? What's your theory? Uh, What's the statute of limitation? Uh, They're all, that they've was passed. 2010. It, you they got passed. more than 10 years. Yeah, more than 10 years. It's time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I think we were trying to make sure that, you know, that that guys had opportunities for bigger trophies at the end. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, but I think that you know, it, it's one of those things where if you feel good about it and you know who your superstar is, you try and put the ball in his hands as many times to make him successful. The problem was it was just. Not that, that it wasn't the right opponent to do that in. So I know Max Starks. I think he's a really good guy. I think he's really good at radio. He obviously is still bitter about that Super Bowl, wanted another ring, even though he wasn't able to play in that football game. I think he's dead ass wrong here, though. And I realize I wasn't on the sideline. I wasn't at that game. In fact, I drank so much whiskey that night that I really don't remember the end of the game that's neither here nor there I'm willing to lose with Ben Roethlisberger throwing picks as opposed to hmm Richard Mendenhall putting the ball on the ground now both things happened obviously but Max talking about BJ Raji the nose tackle for the Green Bay Packers being a huge liability and I mean that huge guy big liability in that game what you also have to remember is Marquise Pouncey did not play. So the Steelers' starting center, who's a rookie that year, but a very good one, didn't play. 
And Doug Ligurski, no slouch, a good backup interior offensive lineman, he was the Steelers' starting center in that game. So even if you felt like B.J. Raji was some kind of a liability, doesn't that get negated by Doug Ligurski just being a dude? Just being a guy? Being a backup? I would think so. And Ben Roethlisberger, the last time he played in the Super Bowl, he threw a game-winning touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes and had one of the greatest drives in Super Bowl history. Certainly the best throw, in my opinion, in Super Bowl history. Sorry, Eli Manning. That was luck. Helmet catch, David Tyree. I'm here for the hot takes. I get that Max Starks is bitter. I think that's more of a shot at the offensive coordinator than it was Ben Roethlisberger. Hell, kind of a shot at the head coach, too, trying to get Big Ben some bigger trophies at the end of the day because he didn't win the Super Bowl MVP, perhaps deservingly, in 2008. But if I'm trying to win the Super Bowl, I don't care if the Packers got the best pass defense and ball. I am trusting that guy. And yeah, he threw a couple of picks. And yeah, at the end of the game, he did not get it done on that final drive. On fourth down, throwing the ball over the head of his intended wide receiver. Everyone in the world, though, at least everyone in Steelers Nation, I believe, thought that when Ben had the ball at the end of that game, they were going to win. Because of everything he had done in his career up to that point. Ben Roethlisberger was Mr. Clutch. Ben Roethlisberger had done it already in Super Bowl 43. So I don't get where Max Starks is coming from here. And yeah, one of the reasons why the Steelers fell behind early was because Ben threw a couple of picks, one of which he got hit, and it was a pick six. He threw it from the end zone. But also when you're down 21-10, to which they were at halftime, I don't think you're going to run the ball all that much to get back into the thing. And it's not like Rashard Mendenhall didn't screw the pooch at the end of that game, which he did by fumbling the ball, something that Max Starks explained away earlier on in the interview with Pony and Muller, saying that that was the perfect hit, everybody's fumbling the ball in that situation. Okay, well, you say you want to run the ball, well, you open yourself up then to the perfect hit behind an offensive line that did not have their star center playing in the football game. There are reasons why they lost the game, and Ben was not excellent in that one. I think the biggest reason they lost the game was because Troy Polamalu wasn't healthy. And James Jones was on with the PM team this week from Radio Row. He played on that Packers team, and he said that they wanted to attack Troy. Troy was Defensive Player of the Year that year. He was wonderful during the regular season, but he was not healthy then. I think if the Steelers had found a way late in that game, on that final drive, to put it in the end zone, of course they win because you're not going to leave a lot of time left on the clock. Had Richard Mendenhall not fumbled, I think the Packers probably would have found a way to go down the field and score again. I, I know that the tide kind of turned in that game, but I think they would have been able to name the score if they, if they really wanted to, the way that they were moving the ball on the defensive side. I realize it is 2023, and we are now relitigating Super Bowl 45, but hell, it's Super Bowl week. Big game, baby. I just don't see it from Max Starks' point of view. And he was there, and he was a player, and that's all well and good. I just think there are reasons that they lost that game. Ben not playing well, especially early, was part of that. But I don't think it was the wrong call to put the ball in a Hall of Fame quarterback's hands in his prime when the last time he took the field in the Super Bowl, he had one of the best throws of all time. What say you? Were you taken aback by that Max Starks clip the way that I was? Because when I heard it, I was stunned. 
trying to get Ben that hardware at the end of the game, trying to get Ben Roethlisberger the Super Bowl MVP. Why would you not have your best player be your best player? 412-928-9370. I want to hear your thoughts. Were you taken aback by Max Stark's comments and on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley? Going to get to Aaron Rodgers sitting in the dark coming up here in a couple of moments. But first... Every night when my wife comes home from work, she gets in around 7 o'clock, 7.30. I park my car on the street so that she can pull her car into the garage. I'm a wonderful man. I want her getting into a warm car every morning. I'm delightful. But she'll do me a solid. I'll be prepping stuff for the show or God knows what I'll be doing. And she'll move my car into the driveway. Well, I was watching a video last night, shooting the stick, Kale Berger, Chris Mack, and My phone latched into my car's Bluetooth, and it started going through my head all the awful things that could have happened there. If I'm watching some scantily clad woman dancing on Instagram who's making weird noises and gyrating, and the next thing you know, it gets piped into my wife driving the car into the garage, that's a big no-no. What if I'm, you know, uh, watching a video that's even more racy than that? What happens then? Because the volume in the car ain't. Uh, it's dialed up to 11 because I'm bumping tunes on my way in. Dangerous situation. I'm happy it played out well for me. 412-928-9370. Hey, you're on the early morning show. Well, Fox is right. Uh, that was a dumb Super Bowl. Uh, ben <laughs> tried to be a gunslinger and got burnt. And that was the year he got suspended for four games. So sure was. You run the ball to win. Did they run the ball to win whenever Rashard Mendenhall fumbled it? That's the difference between Brady and Ben. Ben made the dumb play. Two two interceptions, you can't win Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Ben Roethlisberger is not, but Ben Roethlisberger is also a Hall of Fame quarterback, and Rashard Mendenhall decidedly not a Hall of Fame running back. And you didn't have your potential Hall of Fame center in that game going against B.J. Raji, who, despite Max Stark saying was no good, was also a load, and I'm not sure Doug Ligurski was the guy for the job there. Like, come on. Take the ball out of your quarterback's hands to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Packers had a great pass defense. Yada, yada, yada. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Steelers had the defensive player of the year on the back end in Troy Polamalu. And what did the Packers do? They attacked that guy because their quarterback is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I'll sink or swim with my guy before I sink or swim trying to run the ball when that's not what the Steelers were about, in my opinion. And the defense did not play well enough. Yeah, pick six, understand. But they were chunking the Steelers all day long through the air, were the Green Bay Packers. I put it on the defense, and then, yeah, Ben didn't play great, but okay. I allow him to either play great or play poorly, and that will decide my fate. I think I can make my peace with that. Unlike my guy, Max Starks. 412-928-9370, the number to call on Twitter. At underscore Adam Crowley. Up next, two legends. One overrated. One not so much. It's the early morning show, 93.7 The Fan. Aaron Rodgers is still mulling his future. Will he go back to Green Bay? Will he try to get traded? If he gets traded, where would he like to go? 
All of these things on the table for one Aaron Rodgers. He joined Pat McAfee yesterday, and he got a weird way of trying to figure it out. That's a real thing, 100%. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to uh, – uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat, and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future, and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward, and in the highest interest of my happiness, and then uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. Are you not going to talk? You're not going to speak? One of those things? Yeah. Is it just you in there? Ooh. And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad, a book? Are we able to reach you? What? Is there good it's uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? You going to Alaska? Not Alaska. No, I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. Beautiful. Man. Are you fun. locked in? Where is it? You're not locked in. No, you can you can leave if you if you you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's. Uh, it's a darkness retreat, wow. and I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences, and it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now, and I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning. I mean, this guy's such a jag-off. Uh, he's all about, what was it, Ayahuascar, however you say it last year, where you, you puke and you're, you're pooping from the backside, and you wind up hallucinating, and he thinks that that was going to help him make decisions, think about his life. Now he wants to lock himself in a dark room like he's Batman, born from the darkness for four straight days to make a decision. Come on, man. Be an adult. Do what we do. Here's what I do if I got to make a decision. Take out a yellow legal pad. Got to write it down. Split that puppy in half. Left side, this is unbelievable. Cons, right side pros. Hmm. Interesting. I don't need four straight days of total darkness. But here's the deal with this Rogers cat. Totally, 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 totally overrated as a thinker, as some kind of free spirit. He ain't that. He makes it all up. He's a smart guy, right? Went to Cal. Like, there's no question about that. But he takes it to the extreme by instead of it being, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. He went to Cal. He's a really bright guy. He has to let you know, oh, I do things differently. He's also maybe the most overrated player in NFL history. He won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 45. We heard Max Starks talk about it in segment number one. But apart from that, my guy has come up small in moment after moment after moment in the playoffs. A lot of home games at Lambeau Field that he was losing. And I know that wins isn't a quarterback stat for a lot of people. But when you're supposed to be, and before Patrick Mahomes came in, the most talented quarterback of all time he'd been called, you got to find a way to get back to another Super Bowl. You got to find a way to win another Super Bowl. If you're that good, then you've got to achieve that. My guy won three straight MVPs, the best player in football, or excuse me, two straight MVPs. The best player in football for a couple years. And he didn't get back to a Super Bowl. Overrated free thinker. Overrated player. Higher on the early morning show. That's Bob calling. I will call and chime in on this. Hi, Aaron Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback ever in football. It's my most hated statement I ever hear on the radio. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Bob. He just... He tries to portray himself as this counterculture guy when 
he dates Hollywood starlets. He was dating Olivia Munn. He dated some, I guess she was a B-list actress, and, and they broke up. And I'm sure he's dating another famous chick. The guy's tied in with Hollywood, and he's going to pretend like he's counterculture, like he's some free thinker, like he's out there on his own. Give me a break. I'm going to spend four days in the darkness. You know what the great part about that is? We're not going to have to hear from Aaron Rodgers for four days. So there's one guy that's totally overrated. Now, LeBron James, not underrated, but last night hit a shot to make him the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history. Awesome moment. The thing that stuck, stood out to me when I've watched this replay like a handful of times now is every single person in the crowd has their phone out. Every single one. If you look at this shot from behind the basket, you'll be hard-pressed hard to find anybody not holding their phone up, knowing the moment, understanding the moment, and trying to film that. I've never been that way. Like When I make trips... We go to the Grand Canyon or something or Ireland and you're seeing all these beautiful places. My wife was always, let's take pictures, let's take videos. And I'm happy she did that to capture the moment the way that she wanted to so we can always look back on things. But LeBron James in this moment, everyone's trying to get their piece of history on their phone. I was there. I would have absorbed it organically. I would not have absorbed it through a screen. It would not have hit the same way for me, history in that moment, if I witnessed it through my phone. I've been to some big-time sporting events. I want to see it with my own two eyes. And there are people holding up the phone, right, filming it, that are watching it with their own two eyes. I just, I wouldn't have been doing that. And I'm not knocking anybody. They paid, I'm sure, thousands of dollars to witness that moment. And so you capture it, hey, however you want to. But for me, I would have been locked in on that moment. The last thing I would have been thinking about was my phone. But LeBron James, are you the greatest basketball player of all time? TNT with the call, by the way. Here's Shaq postgame interviewing him. TNT. I said at the beginning of the show, I wish uh, that I would have had this moment, the chance to pass up Kareem. Yeah, make it about now you, Shaq. pass up Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I know what my attitude would have been. Does this now make you the greatest player of all time? Are you now the GOAT? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm gonna let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it. But it's great. It's great barbershop uh, talk. You know, oh, for no, me, I, I want to hear you say listen, it, big Bron, fella, Bron. Listen, big fella. I, I, I want to hear you say it, Bron, Bron. Me personally, say it, I, I, me personally, say it with you know, your I'm chest, always, Bron, I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, decide who they who, who their favorite is. But um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night and, and what I can what I can do out on this floor. So, um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game, but, you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their, uh, part of their journey. LeBron James is approaching 40 years old, and he's still one of the best players in the NBA. That's the most impressive thing to me. He's a physical specimen, no question. The way he can elevate at his size, the way he can shoot the ball at his size, coming down the lane when he's on, unstoppable. But to do it now at his age... That's what, to me, makes him the greatest basketball player of all time. Now, I was young when Jordan was getting it done. 
And who didn't love Jordan? Especially, you know, here in Pittsburgh where you didn't have an NBA team. Yeah, there are a lot of people wearing bull stuff. I enjoyed Michael Jordan. But what separates LeBron to me is what he can still do at this age. And it's not like he's going through the motions. It's not like he's become, for lack of a better way of describing it, a third-line center. No, he's still a guy. The guy. And if L.A. makes the playoffs, he's going to drag them there. That's what's impressive to me, among other things, with LeBron James. Coming up next, sometimes it's important just to not lose. Winning, great, but not losing, sometimes more important. We'll get to that. It's the early morning show on 93.7 The Fan. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Silverados and Colorados are back in stock with a great selection. Stop in and online at sunchevy.com. Cloudy with highs in the mid-40s. Yeah, winning's important. Sometimes it's just as important not to lose. Pitt basketball last night isn't going to move up in the net rankings by beating a horrendous, and I mean horrendous, Louisville team. But had they lost, they'd be in a world of hurt. Pitt's got a lot of quality wins this year. As I perused their resume last night and heard the a, uh, the ACC Network broadcast, they were wondering, why is Pitt being looked down upon by the computers? What's the deal here? They've got five quad one wins. That puts them not with the elite of the elite in NCAA basketball, but right down there in that next tier. It should have them cemented, obviously, as an NCAA tournament team. And they're getting closer to that 9-8 seed line, according to Joe Lenardi and some other trusted bracketologists. I think they're in. But the reason why they're not respected is because they've got some bad losses. They got blown out at home by West Virginia. They lost to a Michigan team that is now bad. They lost to Vanderbilt. They had that horrific home loss against a not-good-at-all Florida State team. They can't afford that down the stretch. And they didn't mess around. The mark of a good team is taking care of business, and that's what Pitt did last night against Louisville. I went into it knowing the win, eh. You just simply can't lose. And it was 12-12 at one moment, and then I think Louisville went like 10 minutes without making a field goal. Pitt took care of business. They drubbed a bad team. That's what really good teams do. And you flip it over to the Penguins. The Penguins did not play well last night. Their third period was good. Mike Sullivan said so much. They got better as the game wore on. They could have been blitzed in that first period. Casey DeSmith was really good. They gave up 20 shots. They could have been buried. Right now, it's just about accruing points. With the Penguins in seasons past, it's been, well, play well down the stretch. Find your game. Excel. Peak heading into the playoffs. Play a playoff style of hockey. Right now, they can't worry about it. They just can't lose. You need to win games at home. They're rested. This is an older hockey team. Their best players are all dogged old men. So when you've got a break and you're coming off of that, you can't lose that game. They played poorly for most of it, I thought, certainly the first half of the game. Their goaltender kept them in it, which is not something that you can usually count on when it's Casey to Smith between the pipes. Not this year anyway. But they found a way to win the game and collect the two points despite not playing well. Had you lost, the Islanders are crawling right up your backside. That's a team that's found themselves. And the Penguins have four games in hand, but they're hard charging. Buffalo and Tage Thompson, hard charging. That's a youthful hockey team. I don't care what it looks like from the Penguins. I don't care if you're getting outshot. 
I don't care if you're getting out-possessed. I don't care if it's your goalie having to make saves. I don't care if your D plays great one night or it's your top six that carries you one night or, God forbid, the bottom six makes a play or two in a game that gets you the win. I don't care what they look like. This team is too good to not make the playoffs. So you simply got to collect points. Up next, Fan Morning Show pre-show.